Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? I'm Aslan Hunjavandi, joined by Tom Lang and Austin Cox. We all work for Warchant.com, the ultimate seminal sports source. Promo code is Warchant30. Use it for a 30-day free trial. It'll take you all the way until we get ready for spring football, March 5th, like 19 days away, I think, as we record this. As we've been doing, getting ready for spring football, we've been previewing positions. Uh, we did running back. We've done wide receiver. We're going to keep it on the offense, Tom. And we got a question to throw out to you and Austin today, and we're going to kind of dance around it and then attack it, but it's Ultimately, has Florida State, Tom, found an offensive line that they can win with. Uh, they've added from the portal. They've hopefully built grassroots sort of stuff. So 2022, is it the year of the of the big ugly as we record on Valentine's Day for Florida State, Tom? It could be. I mean, as long as you don't think about the offensive line, then it is kind of the year of the big ugly. Unfortunately, for a long time here in Tallahassee, you, you know, the offensive line has been the number one, two, and three topic and subject of ire. For the fan base. A lot of times that's just generally where the fan base goes when they're not happy with how an offense performs. But it was legitimately true here at Florida State that O-line has been a major, major issue. And finally, you feel like you have some dudes. You have some options in multiple positions. Uh, You know, you have one more transfer in Caden Lyles that comes in this winter. They might not be done. I know everybody's always looking for that next offensive lineman to come out of the transfer portal. And maybe that's so for Florida State in the spring and summer. But with the guys that they have right now, they've got a lot of options in the interior, I think. And then at tackle, you're just trying to figure out who plays best at left and right. But more options than in the past years where you hoped that the injury bug did not strike the offensive line because you only had maybe five or six, and and that might be stretching it, players you felt good about as starters here at at Florida State. I like how you said that word, hope. It's kind of been the, the entire underpinning of anything we talk about when we think about this team hopefully making the next step. Uh, but it does seem like they had enough horses in the barn now to, to really compete. For you, Austin, in, in recent memory, man, going into a season, does it feel like Florida State is better positioned than they have been on the offensive line than they have been in the last, I don't know, Dalvin Cookish years, six, seven years or so? Well, I, there's no doubt, and, and y'all alluded to it, the depth is something that's really to be excited about, I think, Florida State going into 2022. It could be one of the better years they found on the offensive line in you know half a decade, like you mentioned, because not only did they uh, only lose probably one starter in Devontae Taylor, but they returned much of the 2 deep. And then on top of that, they have a great recruiting class, a great signing class, even though some of them aren't here yet uh, and will be arriving in the summer. Only uh, two of them are here uh, for the spring, but um, they do have an excellent signing class coming in to push that too deep, uh, possibly develop even more. Uh, the folks on the warchant.com tribal council are, are pretty bullish as well. Uh, our guy Gator Kirk, Mr. Virginia Beach, Virginia, says he believes the offensive line will bring more wins this season uh, because kind of to your point right there, Austin, they returned the majority of the offensive line, at least the starters, and they've added the transfers. 
that Tom pointed out. Texan Knoll says a good offensive line does relieve pressure from the defense and allow the defense to be more rested later in the game when it counts the most. Top teams are good mainly because they have a very good offensive line. Uh, how important are the the transfers going to be? Whether it's a whether it's a Bless Harris, you think Tom or a Caden Lyles? Uh, because you know Dylan Gibbons is a guy that you and, and Jeff were talking about on the show throughout the season about being some of that really sort of uh, maybe overshot expectations for a lot of people. I, I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but definitely for me, I, I wasn't thinking a whole lot about Dylan Gibbons not being able to get on the field very much in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, but these new pieces, are they going to be a large part of, of Florida State's success, you think, when it does come the offensive line being more productive? Yeah, I mean, I think with Caden Lyles, it's a plug-and-play starter at center, which uh, helps out because now you can move Maurice Smith to a different spot in the offensive line, presumably uh, to play interior. Uh, Bless Harris, I don't know that he's going to start himself right away this year, but he raises the floor. That's the thing that you're looking for here. You know, there were several games where in the pregame shows, uh, we would be monitoring who was going out with the ones and the twos on a given week for the offensive line. If Dylan Gibbons was hurt, it was uh-oh time. And it was time to change your expectations about a win or a loss with one player not being available. Devontae Love Taylor, we loved him in trench talk. And, and listen, he had a great season a year ago. And by that, I mean the year 2020. But he just never got fully healthy this season. And so you felt like you were behind the eight ball before the ball even kicked off. What's happening this year is with the transfers, yes, Kane Lyles can help and Bless Harris is probably more of an insurance policy for right now but you have more bodies to throw at the problem. A true two deep. That's what Florida State is trying to develop here. So the transfer portal is a big reason for that. There's no doubt. You got two years at Dylan Gibbons. And, you know, it wasn't until personally about halfway through the season I realized, oh, wait, he's coming back for another year. This is a good thing. So the portal can help you with the now. As Austin talked about, the recruiting class can help you for the next year or two, uh, in the next year or two, unless you have a really fast developer. But yeah, the portal is going to be at the center of the discussions. And I think even after spring is over, not to be a broken record about it, but I think a lot of FSU fans and us in the media are going to be looking to see, does FSU add even more out of the portal? Uh, for you, Austin, you're more excited to see these new guys come in, whether it is a guy like Caden Lyles, or, or are you more excited to maybe see the year-over-year -year growth from a guy like Robert Scott or Darius Washington or, or maybe somebody I didn't even name? Yeah, that's really true. Really, I'm so excited for both, like we've mentioned, just with the depth. And, I mean, I think, you know, like you mentioned, Tom, Caden Lyles is definitely someone that should expect to come in and possibly uh, um, push for a starting role very strongly. But then also there's a few guys returning that haven't really seen the field too much for Florida State yet because they've been younger. Guys like Lloyd Willis or a Thomas Schrader that was injured the year before. Um, and, then, and then also Rod Orr, I think, is a guy that has some potential too. And there's even more names after that. But a guy like Lloyd Willis is someone that I'm really excited to see what he can do, possibly be a third tackle there. Yeah, Lloyd Willis, uh, definitely a guy that I think Michael Langston was hearing good stuff about during the season last year. So really excited to kind of see what can develop from his skill set. Tom, for you, like, you know, I hate doing comps, but it's just kind of the easiest thing to do, uh, at least kind of like apples to apples. Do we feel like Maurice Smith will be like a better Bavion Johnson, because it seems like Kane Lyles probably kind of penciled in sort of as a starting center. That's Maurice's spot. Do we think that Maurice gives you kind of better depth than, than what you had with a guy like Bavion last year? And the I think so. Yeah, I think so, especially, you know, when you factor in, too, that DLT was not 100%. So I think you've improved at all three positions, the offensive line, the interior. And it might not be that Maurice plays. I think you've got a genuine battle, in the at least at one guard spot. I mean, Austin brought up the name Thomas Schrader. I'm looking very closely at what Thomas Schrader is going to bring to the table this spring because I think he could battle for a starting job there. And if you also go into the portal and go grab another tackle or the development of a Lloyd Willis or Rod Orr has gotten to another place where they can compete for starters reps, you could kick Darius Washington in to play 
interior as well. So I think Aslan, if the answer was Maurice Smith, the answer would already be yes. But I think there are other options as well where for the first time, it's not that you're going into spring and fall camp assuming that here are three or four of your starters. I think there might actually be reps up for grabs, which is just kind of a bizarre place to be at Florida State at this point. I'm still alive, but I've gone dark. Uh, no sort of silent protest or anything, just technology, everybody. Uh, for so long, though, on the offensive line, it seemed like specifically Austin, we were always worried about tackle. Uh, going into the spring, do you think Florida State's better positioned? Do they have better numbers at tackle? Or, or is, is guard now uh, sort of the position interior sort of help uh, what Florida State needs most? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I would stick a little more towards tackle with that. And really the thing that stands out about both tackle spots is just the, the cohesion that they've had for the past few years. You look at Darius and bo- both Darius and Robert, you know, they, they've they been a starter for the past few years and they've, they've really, I think they've progressed and it's not an overnight type of thing. I think, you know, the offensive line was really still struggling in 2020 in Michael Bell's first season. But I think this past season, they really took a lot of steps forward and became more of a serviceable, you know, they weren't, you know, an all American offensive line. They weren't a top unit. They weren't the best offensive line in the ACC by any stretch, but I think they took a lot of steps uh, forward and they got a lot better last year. And now that can really help them coming into the spring. Last question for me to you, Tom, just in terms of growth, we're thinking what we saw in 2021 to 2022, where does offensive line maybe rank? on terms of the offensive side segment where you think we'll see the greatest growth from last season to what we hope to see in 2022. Yeah. I think if you're looking for development, it might be number one. Now, if you're talking about growth, just in terms of aptitude, you might go to receiver first just because of the overhaul in the transfer portal. But I I like to think also that this all works together. That's why football is the ultimate team game. We've looked at it a couple of different ways with the receivers and the running backs and how balance can make everybody better. Well, it also helps with the offensive line that if you've got receivers that are worth a darn, you know, that can win man-to-man matchups and and you could create plays for and they're bona fide, you know, average to above average power five weapons on the outside, well, then a defense can't, they can't stack the box with seven or eight at a time. And that's going to take pressure off of the offensive line and some of the switches that they have to make, uh, some of the games that a defensive coordinator may be able to devise with an extra man in the box. So I think the answer is, yes, the offensive line from a development standpoint is probably the group that's going to take the largest step forward. But I think it also can be helped out a lot by the receiving group, which is the influx of all brand new talent uh, for Mike Norvell to and Alex Atkins to work together to devise a game plan with. Uh, we should be speaking to Mike Norvell on March 4th, which will be spring football kickoff eve, I guess. That's a mouthful. But spring football does start March 5th. Stay connected with Warchant.com. The lead up will start tackling the defensive side of things, but we still have quarterback to talk about. So uh, stay tuned to warchant.com and our YouTube channel. Hit the thumbs up. Austin, Tom, thanks for your information, your knowledge, and your opinions.